Welcome to The Highway to Well. I'm your host, Derek Bell, and this podcast is brought to you by the American Nurses Foundation through the generous support of the Center for Disaster Philanthropies Recovery Fund. The American Nurses Foundation has undertaken this work as a part of its well-being initiative, which supports nurses' mental health through the pandemic and beyond. Decades of research have shown that practicing gratitude is highly effective in promoting physical and psychological health, both at the individual and organizational level. This podcast series builds up previous work conducted by the American Nurses Foundation in partnership with the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley. And today we have the awesome opportunity to talk with Beth Miller. Beth is a registered nurse and the Director of Patient Experience at Bakersfield Memorial Hospital, an acute care facility in Bakersfield, California. Beth enjoys painting and applying creativity to her work at the hospital. And in this episode, we want to take a special look at how to be creative with the Gratitude Practice for Nurses Toolkit. This toolkit is such a valuable tool to respond to the stresses faced by nurses and other health professionals. It's built to be uh, creative and cultivate gratitude in special ways. And that means bringing meaning to people's life in their workday to experience its benefits and build a culture of gratitude and appreciation among colleagues. Now, as a reminder, this toolkit is free and it is packed with scientific insights and engaging practices you can try on your own or share with colleagues. It is available to view on the Wellbeing Initiative's webpage, which can be found in the description of this podcast. Like any toolkit though, it is not without implementation challenges. And Beth, you come from a slightly different view on this as a patient experience leader, and as you call yourself a facilities person. So first off, I wanna say thank you for joining us today, but I also want you to dive in on how you first found the toolkit and why you thought this would be a great implementation tool and an intervention at your site, and how was it addressed and really how did it come to be in, the, in your patient care setting? Well, hello, Derek, and thank you for inviting me to have this conversation today. I'm very excited to be here. But yeah, you bring up a really good point. This toolkit really found its way towards my desk, um, kind of in a roundabout way. And one of our, um, my particular facility is part of a larger system organization. And within that larger system, uh, we do have a nurse scientist and a nurse researcher that heads a lot of new and innovative work. And this toolkit um, by way, excuse me, by way of Dr. Leslie Kelly uh, found its way to me. And I was immediately intrigued and interested by the idea of promoting gratitude in the midst of a pandemic. Now, as you mentioned, I am a facilities person, which means that, you know, I am a nurse leader, um, but I am at one facility. And sometimes um, I think that we can see that as maybe a limiting factor in our ability to influence change. But in this particular instance, um, the concept of gratitude and the benefits of the toolkit uh, really spoke to me personally, but also really seemed to address a need that we had within our facility, uh, given all of the stress and anxiety that we've been experiencing um, over the last several years. And through reviewing the toolkit, um, I was having a conversation with one of our other nurse leaders uh, who happens to be the director of our perioperative services departments. And we were just sharing about how the stress that her departments have seen was a very specific type of stress during the pandemic. 
um, due to, you know, and this is not unique to us. I think this is something that many perioperative uh, environments experienced is that, you know, there was a canceling of cases during the surge times. Uh, you know, there was floating of staff, you know, that normally would be in the operating room to other departments in the facility to help provide, you know, additional support. Um, I know that other facilities, uh, not our particular facility, but others in our region actually did have some layoffs, um, you know, during those canceling of those cases. And that definitely, even though it did not happen here, uh, really affected, I think, their mentality um, and, you know, their overall uh, well-being, you know, during this time of very, you know, obvious stress and adversity. And so through that conversation with that perioperative director, uh, we felt like this was a really good fit uh, for us and really addressed that need that our staff were experiencing. And, and that conversation is really what guided us to implement the toolkit in more of a limited setting. Um, instead of taking it housewide, we really wanted to target our efforts towards this particular group of nurses and really kind of come around them and help support them um, and show them what the toolkit had to offer. Um, and so we were able to, to implement elements of the toolkit in uh, five different, you know, sub-departments of the perioperative department. So that includes, uh, you know, our outpatient services area, our pre-op area, our endoscopy area, as well as the OR and then the uh, recovery area, the PACU. Yeah, that, I love that you're talking about how you went about thinking as a facilities person, how can we implement this? And then where can we target? And, and I love also that you brought up that the stressors of these, the different people that work in these different areas were, were unique and, and sometimes they were similar in a lot of ways, but they're also different too. And, and you brought up a, a key thing that we sometimes forget and that all of us involved in patient care are also employees of a system. And and the work can be dynamic and changing. And even though COVID stressed our environment in a lot of areas and increased the amount of time and um, efforts that were given to the labor side of providing care, there were also a lot of people that were left out of that. And with the, the quick and fast dynamic changes in just how people were in uh, interfacing with the healthcare system caused a lot of different stressors for a lot of different groups. And you recognize that and thought, you know, this is, this is really a great opportunity for us to bring something that likely didn't exist. You know, the toolkit was built to fill a massive gap in culture and fill a gap in maybe some uh, groups of people in different types of healthcare systems that were doing work that were that was focused on that employee experience or um, well-being and, and joy or some of the other avenues that we kind of find some of this. But it wasn't really built into a cohesive toolkit and built as kind of a program that could be passed into an environment and then shared and developed and implemented and used as a, as a primary tool for something that we all recognized was incredibly important during this period and that we, we had this opportunity to build each other up and work together to try to solve a lot of different kinds of problems, whether it was the, the burden of care in, our, in some of our units, but also like you talked about the loss of, of patients in other areas and how could we as a system work together to make sure that we kept each other in, 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 our, in our feelings and in our, 
best efforts to build each other up and keep each other together so that we could do everything we could to help people through this and help ourselves through this as well. And, and that for you created this opportunity in several different units. One of the other really neat things that we've talked about, and I, and I can't wait to hear how you did this was, you know, toolkits are largely just built on a, a universal framework, assuming like all of us maybe have the resources or we can just take parts of it and implement it. And you found that there were parts of it that needed to be changed, modified, and kind of rethought and and maybe even recreated in order to be implemented in your facility and to have the impact that we all know the science behind says that this will improve a lot of things in your culture and with individuals and, and in your workplace. But you had this opportunity across a few different service lines and areas to implement this. And and I'd love for you to talk about some of the ways that you changed it into really being part of your cultural framework so that um, it could be something that likely had a better chance for sustainability to you. Oh, you bring up so many really wonderful points, Derek. But yes, I one of the, I think, advantage and also disadvantages of, uh, you know, carrying on this type of work in a very targeted uh, area is that there you do have a small team uh, that you're trying to, you know, work with. But because you have a small team, it does provide an opportunity to think outside the box, to have conversation, and to really address any kind of an idea that is brought forward. And we definitely found that uh, within this small team, we were able to, uh, you know, fulfill a lot of those different types of ideas um, and really um, have a lot of good brainstorming and conversation surrounding what are some things that we already have in place that we can then expand upon um, or tweak or add to uh, to be able to really address the intention of the toolkit. And so we had actually a lot of fun within our small team talking about which elements seem to really stand out to us within the toolkit. The toolkit's very large and there's a lot of wonderful items in there. Um, And so we were able to review that and really kind of focus in on a few key areas that we felt like really fit uh, within, you know, those departments. And one of the uh, first things that really kind of came to us that we wanted to work on right away uh, was the idea or the, the toolkit element of the savory walk. And the savoring walk, as you know, um, you know, can be, um, it, it, there's different elements of time, you know, it could be kind of a, a shorter walk, a five minute walk, a 15 minute walk, a 20 minute walk. And we really liked this idea because we felt like the idea of movement really helps provide that space, um, you know, to be able to kind of concentrate and think on things. And while we were talking about the savoring walk, we had a conversation with our facilities director who also had a passion for fitness and wellness. And so our facilities director very quickly became one of our ad hoc team members um, due to his, you know, excitement about this type of work. And so through his his work and our discussions, we developed what we called the Memorial Mile, uh, which is a one mile map um, inside the facility, but then also we have a one mile map outside the facility that incorporates, you know, some other external Uh, walking paths that we have um, outside of our building. But we developed the Memorial Mile to provide an actual path for people to take their savoring walk on. Um, You know, the savoring walk element of the toolkit gives you prompts about things to think about while you're walking. Uh, But we also, we felt like 
to really engage people in that, that activity if we provided them an actual path from which they could you know, walk around the facility on, that it would increase their likelihood of actually practicing that particular practice. And, um, and it really kind of overlaid and leveraged that concept that our facilities director had and then married it with the concept of the Save Rain Walk. Um, and then now we have the Memorial Mile. We have maps that are displayed in strategic areas throughout the facility where anyone that's interested, they can pick up a map and kind of follow along. And then right next to that map, we have like a postcard sized uh, flyer that has the details of the savoring walk. So they're right next to each other. So people can grab one and grab the other um, and then go about their walk. And there are strategic, um, you know, marked points throughout the walk for people, if they want to stop and you know close their eyes for a second, they're able to do that. If they want to keep walking with their thoughts, they're able to do that. Uh, but the walk uh, really was one of our very first elements in the toolkit that we attempted. And I, I felt like it was extremely successful. Um, I walked it myself several times and took others along with me. And I also noticed that you know the savoring walk became something that everybody in the facility was participating in, even though we really concentrated these efforts in those perioperative departments, um, the maps really got a lot of other, you know, attention elsewhere. And to your point earlier about making this a cultural change and an organizational change, uh, really take, taking this approach with it really allowed us to expand its influence into, you know, some of these other uh, roles and areas and departments that maybe we didn't think about originally. And so that was a wonderful kind of twist and turn of that particular um, tool in the toolkit. Yeah, that I, I love the direction that you took with that. And there's a lot of opportunities there. So you had indoor and outdoor, which helps communities think about whether or not they're either. A lot of our hospitals are not in particularly safe external environments. But so something could be done internally, too. And it helps you think about as a facility person is you're thinking about what route could be a viable route for people so that you're not interfering with other areas, but also creating the opportunity to do this in a safe way. And then using all the signage and the markers, it just allows for so much creativity that um, that's really important. Plus it, it helps you involve other stakeholders and that probably help you share that message. Here's what we want to do. Now, can we can we have your help in doing this? And it starts to create that community building principle behind all of this, which uh, just sounds like a great way to really take a piece of the toolkit and change it into your culture and develop it for your needs in your facility, which is absolutely outstanding. I, I know you have a couple others too that we talked about that you had modified and, and helped um, generate some some new ideas about how to use them too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, one more thing I forgot to mention that um, I did want to talk about is that for anybody that's not familiar with where uh, Bakersfield is, we're you know in the Central Valley, and it gets extremely hot here. And I know that there are other areas in the country where you know extreme weather is an issue. And so one of the benefits of the Save Rain Walk and developing that map, it really took the weather into account, which is a very real uh, barrier in some instances, especially for us. And then um, the other thing I did want to mention before talking about the others is that I was a night shifter for many, many years. And so I always have the night shifter perspective in mind. And this particular tool, um, I really 
appreciated because I felt like it was very usable for anyone that works nights, you know, weekends, you know, weather, uh, safety issues, like you mentioned, there's a lot of really good benefits to you know, using that particular tool, especially if you're keeping those things in mind. So I forgot to mention those earlier. Well, and it also, uh, you also had talked about the, the opportunity with the posters and some of the changes that you use there. I'd love to, to have you talk about that too and what you did to help implement the, the posters as well. Yeah, the toolkit has a wonderful template of a poster, of a gratitude poster, where it does such a wonderful job of summing up those key benefits of gratitude, which are, you know, the mind benefits, the body benefits, and the relationship benefits. And the way it's displayed in the toolkit is in such a striking visual way, even though it's not an official um, element of the toolkit, it is included. And we felt like that was a really good opportunity to take that poster and that template and modify it slightly for our needs so that we could really get out that why message, that message to the staff of what, what are we doing and, and really more importantly, why are we doing this and, and what do you have to benefit from participating? And so the poster really quickly became our solution to help addressing and help sending out that message. Um, but yeah, we anybody that's ever been in an OR knows that space is a hot commodity. Uh, you know, space is, is, is expensive real estate in the OR. Every ounce of space is used and ORs are just amazing, really like kind of microorganisms of themselves just because uh, every little thing is accounted for in terms of space, but also it's a sterile environment. It's an environment that has to be cleaned. You know, it has to stand up to all of the different processes that you have to go through to be able to clean that room from top to toe and turn it over for the next patient. And so when we thought about, okay, we wanted to do a poster, but how do we do a poster in this environment so that we get the benefit of it and that everybody can see it? And we spoke with our marketing partners and they, we just had a, again, a creative kind of dialogue uh, conversation and they actually brought up the idea that we could have the poster material printed on really anything that we wanted to, which included a very large vinyl sticker. And, you know, I'm not talking about a sticker, you know, that, you know, you put on your clothes, but a very large, you know, poster size vinyl sticker um, it was possible. And so we decided to try that and to go that route. And we printed, you know, our poster information on that large vinyl sticker. And that was kind of a transformative moment where that really opened up a lot of possibilities as to where we could put the poster. We were no longer limited to putting a poster on an easel or on a corkboard or a whiteboard or something that was already in existence. Um, it allowed us to actually put that poster on, you know, any kind of a flat surface, which includes, you know, the doors to the OR, uh, doors to leaders' offices, um, waiting area doors. We we put those posters in several non-traditional locations, and um, and we found that it was extremely beneficial in terms of visibility. But also, it you know it's a fairly hardy material. We're able to continue to wipe it with um, what we use at our facility to you know maintain sterility and to clean things appropriately, and um, and without taking up any real estate in the very precious area of the OR. And that was a, a really wonderful kind of creative turn that that particular element of the project took. Um, one of the things that one of our staff members actually mentioned 
is as she was, it was a circulating OR nurse and she was, you know, walking alongside a patient while they were on their gurney um, into the OR. And she had leaned over because the patient had asked her a question. And when she leaned over, her eye level was right at the same level as where we had placed the poster. And she actually pointed the poster out to the patient and her and the patient kind of had a little conversation about patient's anxiety about their procedure and really used the poster almost as a, as a guide um, to, for that conversation. And uh, it was wonderful to hear the retelling of that story from our OR nurse, uh, you know, to me after the fact that here, this, this creative element of putting the poster on a non-traditional material in a non-traditional location really actually did help improve um, the relationship between the OR circulator and the patient and that particular patient's experience. So uh, that was another example of how we, we used the toolkit, we used the information, but we tweaked it just a little bit to be able to suit our needs. Yeah. And you touched on something there that is absolutely the critical, I think the crux of, of the value of this too is, you know, we, I think we all understand the science behind what gratitude can do, but it's in the moment. And you talked about that as part of the patient experience is when you have something that's available in the moment, which is what we're always, any toolkit, what we're really trying to do is help people in their moments of their day. And you talk about that. And, you know, we, we talk about the opportunity to be better in that patient care setting. And it starts with us and where we are and that, signage created the most valuable impetus for better care that you could ask for from it. And that's, that is the strength and value of this toolkit is to improve and, and, you know, as being a patient experience leader is what can it do for those outcomes? And, and you're talking about one and a real life outcome change right there that really supports all of the work that has gone into this. I, um, I have, I know I, I want you to share I have w- one more example. And I also, as a, as our last kind of take home, what can you do today? You also have one, one last example that we talked about. That's absolutely wonderful and, and creates that opportunity to be engaging and portable and something you took from the toolkit and then share with our group here, your ideas behind this. And then for them, is this something that you could take home and do right away as well? Because this is something you could do right away in your in your setting too. So, um, I'd love for you, Beth, to talk about the last the last one that we had spoken about and, and finish up here with how that impacted the the experience of your team too. Absolutely. So, one of the other elements that really stood out to us in terms of the toolkit was the concept of the gratitude wall, and we really loved the interactive. Uh, elements that seem to be present within that tool. But again, one of the difficulties uh, difficulties that we had is really, you know, came down to space and, you know, kind of a cramped environment and then also that sterility issue. And so we recreated um, the concept of the gratitude wall, but we called it a gratitude tree. And, and that's literally what we did. We took a tree, a very small kind of two and a half foot pre-lit tree and that became what was intended originally as a gratitude wall. It was now our gratitude tree. And we hung, um, you know, basically luggage tags on the tree. And those tags were available right next to the tree, you know, with a Sharpie marker. And um, there were some prompts on the tags, um, you know, that 
that would kind of help people kind of start thinking about those gratitude thoughts. Uh, and they were free to jot those things down and then hang the tag on the tree. And the tree was a, a roving tree. We, we took the tree, um, what I called for like a little road show, and we uh, took it around to each unit that was involved with the project. So that was, you know, again, our endo area, our OR. Oh, not, I'm sorry, the tree did not actually make its way into the OR because of sterile reasons. However, it did make it into our pre-op area um, and our PACU and our outpatient services area. And we, and also our volunteer desk, I forgot to mention that as well. But the tree was really, if I had to pick a favorite, and I know I probably shouldn't, but if I, if I had to pick a favorite, I think the tree turned out to be one of my favorite elements, um, again, just because of that interactiveness and also the ease with which um, people could really do that practice quickly um, because it was readily available. Um, but then also because it was a roving tree because we moved it around you know, every couple of days it seemed to kind of continue to pique everyone's interest. Um, and we hit people on days that they maybe wouldn't have normally worked. It seemed like our reach was a little bit better because it moved around. Um, but it definitely had, I felt like an immediate impact as well on patient experience. Um, one of the things, uh, again, a conversation I had um, with a staff member afterwards really had to relate to, you know, how do you feel from an empty cup? They felt like with the pandemic that they had just kind of emptied out everything that they had emotionally into people. And through talking with that staff member, that staff member said, you know, Beth, my cup wasn't actually empty. Now that I've filled out a couple of these tags, it's really forced me to think and reflect and realize that my cup actually wasn't empty. I was just looking at it the wrong way. And that I felt like was also a very transformative moment. And in talking with the staff member about that experience, a patient happened to be wheeled by our tree and saw us conversing and actually pointed at the tree and said, what's that? And we actually were able to talk to this patient again. It was just about ready to go into surgery, which is obviously a high stress situation. And we you know, talked to the patient about our tree and the patient actually asked for a tag and wanted to fill one out before uh, they went into surgery and then we were able to include their tag on our tree. And I, I felt like that was such a beautiful uh, representation of how impactful the toolkit could be, you know, having a conversation with a staff member, but then that also spilled over, you know, into the patient experience space. Um, and so it was really a wonderful way to, to tie all those elements together. Yeah, that's, I, I love that story and, and what you did there is taking that example of, of what was supposed to be the wall and turning it into what could you, what could you do in your environment and still, like you had talked about, keep the intention of what the toolkit is there for as part of it and modify it as you need it. And what you created was something that engages people. It's a, it's a reminder too. And, and I think your story here right at the end talks about how gratitude unlocks the fullness of life and it it turns things like denial into acceptance and chaos into order and confusion into clarity, problems into gifts. And what you talked about here throughout all of this was really every opportunity you could to open a pathway to find some treasures in those shared experiences that you were able to do so. And this toolkit was like your template to do that. It was, let's take this idea, but let's open up our own pathways and that is really, that's why you're a shining beacon in this, in this area and have done tremendous work. And I thank you so much for sharing that today with us. 
Oh, you're welcome, Derek. Thank you so much for having me. This has been fun. Yeah, I, I, and I, I would love to have you on here if we get to do this again and talk more about some of the other things that you've done with your, your creative juices and your love of, of paint and art and expanding ideas. So it all comes together in such a rich um, context for your culture. So that, that's a gift that you're giving back to your groups, which is, which is actually is really amazing. So thank you again for coming on and sharing these experiences. Oh, no, thank you. And for all those that are listening still, please stay tuned for more episodes. We are exploring the value of the gratitude practice for nurses toolkit like we did in this episode and talk about how you can really use it and implement it in your culture and in your environment and with your staff and teams and learn about the gifts that it can bring to you. So please bookmark this episode too if you're thinking and searching for those creative ideas about making the toolkit come alive for your environment. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you.